0: hello you're listening to pride life presents the podcast that brings you unfiltered and honest conversations with the most influential members of the lgbtq community hosted by me saski pride host lgbtq inclusion specialist consultant celebrity interviewer, queer mentor and coach. Hey everyone, welcome to Pride Life Presents, another podcast episode from Pride Life magazine and I'm really excited for our next guest and this is actually going to be our second episode. So yeah, join us and we've got a great interview ahead of you. I've got to do a little bit of an intro though this time around before I actually give the name of this fabulous woman. So before we go into it, uh, look, she's laughing her head off there, me. look. But it's true. Oh, I need to say your name then. Hang on. Let me carry on. <laughs> so this woman, after spending a large part of her life questioning her identity, she realised that she had to allow her true, authentic self to live and come out as trans. And since then, she has not stopped striving to improve the lives of others, working with the LGBTQ plus community and organisations standing up for trans rights, seemingly in every aspect of her world. Amongst the many roles she is responsible for, she's a a global LGBTQ plus advocate for Interpride Global, a Stonewall Schools role model, an independent advisor and hate crime ambassador to Sussex Police, and she is an independent custody visitor, checking on the welfare of detainees, particularly those who belong to the transgender community. Her work has seen her being highly influential on many people's lives. And in fact, in 2021, she received an OBE from her services to transgender equality. It is an absolute honour to have her on our show today. So please welcome Joanne Monk, OBE. Joanne, welcome.
1: Yeah. Hi, thank you so much for that. I'm starting to blush now. <laughs> uh it's incredible. No, thank you. That's um, really nice.
0: Uh, we, we really appreciate your time and I'm so excited to chat with you because, you know, even as your intro says, there's so much that you do, um, you know, to, to, to work towards, you know, LGBTQ plus inclusion. But obviously, yeah. your, your focus as well as around trans inclusion, really important there.
1: Yeah, yeah. De- no, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and it it's a passion. It's an absolute passion. I have a daytime job, um, but I'm i am just involved in so much advisory groups. Uh, you mentioned Stonewall. I should actually correct you on that because Stonewall aren't doing school role model visits anymore. They've stopped them. Um, so, so I, I'm, I I class myself as an independent schools role model. Yes.
0: Well. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a shame that they're not doing that anymore. But you know, previously having that title, but continuing that good work is really important
1: yeah 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 oh definitely yes
0: always yeah. absolutely working in schools um you know and, and educating actually not just students and pupils but also staff and teachers you know because gives them
1: yes 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 yeah it makes a huge difference you know the kids are our future so you know absolutely
0: so listen right we, we, a lot to get through um and uh i want to talk before we kind of start touching on a lot of those areas that you're already working in thinking about you know your journey. Um, you know to kind of where you are now so can you tell us a little bit about your story I know it had many kind of twists and turns um, you know to get you to, to present day shall we say do
1: you want me to start from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> um, I can I can keep it reasonably brief Uh, I suppose the seed of Joanne was planted in David's body before he was born. David was my previous name. That was back in 1955. Um, At the time of David's birth, an imaginary tree was planted. So if you sort of picture a tree, um, it was planted. And over the years, this tree would grow and its trunk and its branches Um, would form David's characteristics, his personality, his strengths, Mm. but the roots were never his. They always belonged to Joanne and those roots would feed David with her thoughts, her emotions and her desires um, until he released her from the almost a prison that she was incarcerated in.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, David knew something was different when he was about five. His mother had a dressing up box. He used to love putting on the clothes that she'd left out. And whilst he didn't understand what was going on with him, because let's face it, back in 1955, early 1960s, you know, the word transgender probably wasn't even in the dictionary um, and there was no way he could go to his parents and and say look I want to be a girl it just wouldn't have happened yeah. um, but all his friends were girls and I suppose in many ways to David it felt like a virus inside him an incurable virus that he would constantly strive to find a cure for and joanne was almost like an enemy as well an enemy within him that he would never ever be able to conquer wow. so all his all his friends were girls um he didn't like doing the rough and tumble things that the other boys did um school days he was bullied constantly. Um, it didn't help with um, school changes because of his father's move to different towns because of work Mm -hmm. but I think people probably picked on him because they saw him as being somebody that didn't fit the norm Mm -hmm. what other people perceived to be normal They, they saw him as being weak perhaps effeminate and he he really really struggled and of course he was still dressing putting on his mother's clothes um all in secret of course because when he got into teenage years he was actually raiding his mother's drawer and drawers and wardrobe in the bedroom and secretly sort of taking things out until one day his father caught him Mm -hmm. and i can picture what happened even to this day Mm -hmm. Um, he was so severely reprimanded but he couldn't talk to them, he couldn't talk to them about how he felt and of course Joanne was feeding him all the time with with these thoughts and emotions so it was very difficult for David at school he left with virtually no qualifications, um, left school, um, eventually went to work on a farm. And by the age of sort of 18, 19, he was buying his own clothes yep. um, and he'd buy them under the pretense of buying them for a girlfriend.
0: Mm.
1: But of course, he'd take them take them back home to where he lived at the time and just dress up and wish that he'd been born a girl and he knew then but he still couldn't accept it and he used to try and i suppose try and conquer joanne Mm -hmm. as an enemy by he had a little incinerator in the garden he'd put all the clothes that he'd bought in the incinerator and burn them
0: right
1: thinking right, this is, this is how I can cure what's going on with me. Mm. And, of course, it didn't work. Yeah. Because what happened is Joanne just got stronger and stronger and all these desires to be, to present as a, a girl, as a woman, came back. But, of course, it was all in private. Mm. And it eventually drove him to a nervous breakdown um, the the issues that he was facing, this constant um, life of trying to validate his life as a male, mm. was just driving him mad and He was referred to a, a sexual um, psychologist in the city of Birmingham at the time, and he was basically told to go and read the magazines on the top shelf. Mm. Well, that that just absolutely blew. You know, that that's not what he wanted to hear.
0: Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. Um, and these desires to dress were getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And he had girlfriends, um, probably. I think if I look back on it, he had girlfriends because he wanted to be like them rather than be with them. Yeah, right, I see. And he felt, he, he felt more comfortable around girls than he did around boys or young men. Mm-hmm. Um, and life went on. Um, and it would take another 14 years at the age of 58 um, before a very dark day when David went and sat on the edge of Beachy Head, which is a local beauty spot on the south coast, and he contemplated taking his life. Um, For David, I suppose it was um, a chance to think about his life what it could be like and what it had been like but he was dragged back from the edge by two very, very compassionate police officers um, who took him to safety and talked to him Um, and about a week later he decided that he could no longer go on mm-hmm. and he essentially lay down on the ground and it was if somebody had undone a long zip down his body Mm. and out came Joanne Um, so Joanne was born in um, 2014 and I was 58 you know and but it was incredible how the the sense of relief, the sense of now I can really be who I wanted to be all my life, who I'd been fighting to be all my life, Absolutely. and it was amazing. I changed my name by deed poll. I took my name from my mother, who was called Anne Josephine. Right. Nobody ever called her Anne; they always called her Joe, short for Josephine. So it was natural for me to take Joanne um, as a legacy, really, from from my mother, who never knew the daughter that she now had. Mm-hmm. Although she's obviously looking down on me from heaven, and 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 I hope she's proud of what I've achieved. Um, I started hormone replacement therapy, and. I started doing advisory work. Um, I became a community first responder for the ambulance service. um, And people accepted me for who I was. I became a diversity champion for them as well. But uh, two years later, I had to resign because of a a life-threatening medical condition, which I still have. And I devoted my time to other things. Um, I had full Gender reassignment surgery in two thousand and seventeen, and whilst I was recovering at home, one of my sons uh one's in New Zealand now, um but the other one still lives locally, he came to visit me at home essentially, I think to see how I was you know yeah, yeah. um because it's ma it's major surgery, yeah. Um, and totally out of the blue, he said, "Is it okay if I call you mum now?"
0: Oh, I bet your heart melted and, when you heard that, didn't
1: it? And I, I just, I just oh. burst, I just burst into tears. Oh, really? it, it was so affirming. <laughs> it was on my
0: arm, that's giving me tingles. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I, I always tell people that because I think it. It brings it home to people exactly what I'd done and how my family, my immediate family, um then respected me. Yeah. Um I told my father about my transition who was still alive. I went down to see him. He'd been he'd remarried as well. Um because it's something that I couldn't do over the phone and I told him. Mm-hmm and he said you'll always be my son i will never call you joanne but i understand
0: well i i think
1: he knew yeah. i pretty sure he knew yeah um and he didn't disown me he was quite happy for me to stay there we went out for meals um he sadly passed away 6 years ago yeah. um but you know life life goes on um i'm happy now in what i do i've achieved so much and 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 things that i suppose in a way i would never have dreamt of achieving in my life um and it's it's been an absolutely incredible journey and i just have a passion now for supporting not just the transgender community who obviously i don't want to go through what i went through yeah absolutely but all all minority groups the whole of the lgbtq plus community um, bame the, the disability everybody that's in a minority group i i will support and i will try and help raise awareness of of the issues faced by them
0: absolutely i mean this is this is the thing that's what i always say you know discrimination can affect us all therefore it's all of our responsibility to tackle it you know and and when i talk about allyship mm. as well great to be an LGBTQIA plus ally, but actually not even just from an intersectional perspective, but we have to be allies of equality, equity and inclusion because otherwise we'll never really mm. make change within society, you know, or we we'll never really tackle discrimination um as a whole. So I really you yeah. know that you said that. I mean and that I you know thank you for sharing your your journey there, your lived experience, you know, even up to, to you know to that stage because Again, everyone's journey is so different, but yours—what an emotional roller coaster, you know—and you know, I'm sure they could make a film, that yeah. Joanne, on a serious note. <laughs> <message.
1: laughs> well, i've I've been I've been on television as a community champion with with ITV Meridian. I was interviewed by one of the presenters in person, and he was absolutely blown away by my story, and yeah. and but th- but this is what i i do i think the thing with me is i have always been so positive and i've always wanted to share my story not only because it helps people to understand what i've been through um but it enables them to think about how they view minority groups of people and then become allies themselves and i can only do that by sharing my story and a lot of a lot of transgender people and i don't identify as transgender anymore, but a lot of transgender people all they want to do is just get on with their lives. They don't want to broadcast what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that. And everybody's journey is totally unique. Mm-hmm. Everybody's journey is different. Yeah. And, you know, my journey is, is different to anybody else's and, and what I've been through. and And a lot of the community receive considerable amounts of hate and discrimination mm, yeah. i suppose in a way i've been lucky i think partly because of where i live brighton is a very cosmopolitan That's city right, yeah, but i think partly because i've always been so positive yeah
0: so you're strong as well in your mindset and you know not to say that other people who have you know challenges and yeah. but you sound mm. like you're a very resilient person and you know, obviously, going through many challenges. After a while, you become you know stronger, and, and it helps you to kind of deal with with more mm-hmm. that, that you face as you as you kind of go along. You know, even thinking about yeah. your, your challenges, it, do you have like a? Is there a, how you kind of how do you kind of deal with them in yourself? Do you have like a you know, I don't know, positive mantras or you know what is it because you've obviously faced a lot. You
1: know? Well yeah i i suppose d- discrimination i haven't the one thing that did really upset me i had two occasions there was two occasions um the first one was when I tried to support a a transgender friend mm-hmm. who had been refused access to female facilities wow. in a pub um and I received death threats oh
0: my gosh
1: and I was I was scared to go out of the house, mm. but the police got involved, um, and they did find out who was sending the threats, and there was a, a, a good outcome, shall we say? Yeah. Um, the other time was actually on social media, on Twitter. Oh,
0: oh and,
1: Twitter! <laughs> oh, Twitter! Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always Twitter. We love Twitter, don't we? Yeah. Um, but. I had some really vitriolic hate comments. I'd been up at the National Diversity Awards in Liverpool Mm. for the weekend and I came back home um, whilst I was up there. There was a Labour Party conference in Brighton and a Women's Place meeting in Brighton where a lot of transgender activists were demonstrating outside. And somebody had obviously picked up on the fact that I did advisory work for Sussex Police and made a comment on Twitter. I actually had a um, a follow request from this person, and I looked. I I'm I'm so cautious about who I accept as friends on any yeah. social media platform, and I had a look and I saw this post, and and basically it was saying that whilst I was swanning it up in liverpool at the nda um all this was going on with demonstrations um at this women's place meeting and the comments i got on on that twitter platform on that twitter post you know why is this man talking to girls in schools um you know if next time i go up to the bluebell railway if i ever see this person um you know i it's the language was just
0: Absolutely,
1: yeah. um and it it nearly finished me yeah. i i but but you say about what drives me on and and whilst it it did upset me i thought you know what i i'm not gonna let anybody drag me down it's taken me 58 years to get to where I am and I'm not going to let it go. And I pressed on and I forgot about yeah. it. Yeah, I
0: mean, the thing is, it's like, particularly when it's hate speech and it's things like on, on social media, unfortunately, I mean, a lot of the thing I always say is it's often keyboard warriors, isn't it? It's people who are wanting to, you know, they've mm. got all all the mouth, you know, online, reality. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think to an extent, you just have to switch off from that. It, it doesn't mean, you know... You, I, how you are Mm. human of course it's going to have an impact but you have to get to the stage where you're like you know what i've got to park that and you know and otherwise you wouldn't come out your front door would you
1: no 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 you wouldn't no and and um you have to and and of course i've achieved so much since then as well as as you um very kindly said in the introduction. Well, you have. Um, and,
0: and with that, I want to touch on, on you know, winning the, uh, or being awarded, you know, the OBE. How was that?
1: Uh, that was absolutely amazing because prior to that, the, um, in 2020, I'd also won the diversity category for We Are the City's Top 100 Rising Star Awards. Wow. Um, I'd also been given a Chief Constable's commendation for. Service and dedication to Sussex Police um, as a volunteer advisor. And I got this brown envelope in the post at the beginning of December. 2020 and i thought it was from the tax office i didn't open it for about four days (laughs) yeah yeah oh brown envelope brown envelope tax office i'm not going to open that (laughs) anyway i I looked at it a bit more and it was handwritten and it was really scruffy writing (laughs) i'll never forget it and I thought, oh, perhaps it's not from the tax office. So I opened it, and there, there it was in the letter inside. Um, we are writing, dear Miss Monk, you, we're writing to you in the strictest confidence to say that you have been recommended by the Prime Minister to Her Majesty the Queen for an OBE for services to transgender equality as. A global LGBT advocate and independent advisor, and I was absolutely blown away. And of course, I had to keep it secret as well. (laughs) And it was, it was, it was. was, No, not until it was actually, it was actually advertised on Twitter by some good, by a good friend. um, Before I'd woken up on New Year's Day when it was released, so people actually already knew about Uh, it.
0: It did was, you know that it was you had to keep it hidden and secret? And then, me, little did you know, it was already kind of out there.
1: At, 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 at well, it, it was the, the, the list, the list is released at half past 10 at night on New Year's oh, Eve. Right. Okay. And of course, I'd, I'd gone to bed by then, I never oh, stayed. Okay. I had, I had told my son, you're only allowed, you can tell one family member, but they have to be, they're they're basically sworn to secrecy, Uh, Um, but, but it came out, and of course, that has just escalated my profile considerably, I'm 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 an ambassador, as you've already Mm -hmm. said, for, um, for organisations in the UK and consultant i'm on the advisory board of the global equality collective um, an ambassador for the dr miranda braun diversity and leadership foundation i'm an advisor uh, specialist advisor for informed minds uh, obviously um pride life uh an ambassador an advocate mm. um and it's been it's just been it's, it's very humbling, I think. And I'm actually, I should say this, I'm actually going to a big gala evening on Wednesday at the Grand Hotel in Brighton because I'm a finalist for another award oh, really? Well. Listen, you're going to
0: have to get
1: yourself,
0: yes. get yourself
1: down to Ikea get a couple of shelves, aren't you, to put all your awards on? Well, <laughs> it's, it's been absolutely incredible. Yeah,
0: and well, listen, congratulations on, on, on you know, the new awards and everything else that you're doing, but also you mentioned the Bluebell Railway. That of course, yeah. know, you're the equality, uh, inclusion and diversity advisor for them as well, um, which is part of a, a heritage railway. And what I think is interesting there is, that, you know, I guess, many people uh, who are patrons uh, for that. You know, when we think about our people who are on the board, we'll obviously have you um, as the advisor for them. But generationally, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have maybe had the language uh, or the even understanding or knowledge. Of that. Point, you know, especially particularly around uh, people who identify as
1: trans. Um, what has that been like? Yeah, yeah. When when I first started going there, um, a lot of the volunteers on these um, heritage railways um, are of an older generation, mm-hmm. um, and I used to get misgendered. I used to get all well, sorts of it, funny yeah. looks, um, and again i i got I got round it by talking to mm. them. I say, "Look, this is me. I'm still a person. I'm still a human being. Does it matter if I've changed my mm. gender um and I'd tell them a little bit about what it was like and slowly but surely, they all came round yeah. and they asked me to be there sort of equality diversity and inclusion um advisor for the railway and i did a short film for them as well which went on their website um about edi and whenever i go up there now i'm just so highly respected not just as a uh, not just as an award winner that's that's by the way but but as an
0: individual
1: my my positive my positivity as an individual mm. um and i've earned a lot of respect from these older people that that volunteer there and um you know it's changed it's changed their outlook yeah. i mean and i know also that you you, you do work in partnership
0: uh, with the police as well um you know um with uh transgender cases i mean what's that like again i expect
1: you may have experienced similar challenges to start with. Um well, that- yeah, I, I, I got asked to to join the um, the they're, they're all advisory panels that I serve on. So the first one that I got asked to serve on was their trans trans external reference group, and they invited me on it. And over the years that I've been a member of that group. Um, i've been able to help them bust the myths and the stigmas around the transgender community mm. in order to help them engage with that community more proactively
0: yeah.
1: and i'm on a number of other advisory groups as well and and uh three of them are actually centered around hate crime and stop and search right. um the other th- the other role that I have, that I suppose, is linked with um, the police is I'm an independent custody visitor for the Sussex Police Crime Commissioner. Yeah. Um, so I go into, um, I haven't done, obviously, during COVID, um, but I go into custody centres and independently talk to detainees with somebody else to basically check on their welfare and how they're being cared for in custody. Um, And I picked up fairly early on that there were no specific rights for transgender people whilst in custody. And I pointed it out to a sergeant. It then went to an inspector and then it went to the... National Police Federation, mm. um, and they changed the policy for custody of transgender people so that their rights are now protected no. whilst in custody.
0: That's so interesting as well, isn't it? Because again, there's so much that people take for granted, um, you know, and you wouldn't yes, you yeah. even think about that. I mean, and I, I can imagine it's also trans people that are being held in custody. Um, Also on the other side of it, for them, the relief when they do see someone like you, who, you know, is there as an advocate Mm. for them, um, you know, what's what's that kind of like? What tends to be that reaction?
1: I've never met a transgender detainee, Ah. um, which... I, I I mean, but the chances are, I mean, perhaps you know, I do two, two or possibly three visits a yeah. month, but the chances of actually going when there was a transgender detainee mm-hmm. would be quite slim, yeah. and it and it's never happened. But having said that, I know that if there are transgender detainees, yeah. their rights are being
0: protected
1: yeah followed, respected as 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 individuals and it includes things like their right to be searched by an officer of, the, of their yeah. choice um there's lots of little things that that can help um you know whether they're on medication whilst they're in custody hrt for example they still have to yeah. have it and make sure that they've got access to that as well so yeah um, it is important. Yeah, oh gosh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's 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 quite fascinating in many ways that that, like I say, things that many people would just completely be oblivious to uh, and take for granted. Um, you know, so it's great that you're able to be in a position where you can advise. Um, you know, and actually, probably in many ways, it's great that you there there aren't any or many <laughs> uh, det- trans detainees that you know that you you know that are there. Um, yeah, so I mean yeah. that's that's good, but but great that you
1: know people could be reassured that at least you've put off even for yourself. You know, at least you put that in place. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah. That is um, So yeah, I mean it, it is important, and, and and that's you know obviously the work that I do with Sussex Police is is why I got the commendation from the chief constable, mm. um, which is extremely rare for somebody that doesn't actually work. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: or volunteer, you know, like a special constable or something, but doesn't work for Sussex Police. I'm just somebody that goes along to a meeting and says, "Look here, you can't do that. You can't do this. You can say that. You can say yeah. this." Um, you know, why are these figures on hate crime mm-hmm. high? Um, why aren't we getting the the prosecutions through on on transgender hate mm-hmm. crime, all this sort of thing? Because I'm also an advisor for the Crown Prosecution Service as well. Yeah, okay. So,
0: is this something that um, I mean, it would be great. Hopefully, I'm sure you're working on this as well. But you're obviously working with Sussex Police right now um, for for trans kind of rights across the board in other counties uh, with the police. Is this something that is is you know being shared as best practice or
1: that i be able to work no i th- I, th- I think most most police forces from what i've seen are very very right. inclusive um they have to be they have to be seen mm. to be um as as are the other emergency services the fire brigade mm-hmm. the ambulance the coast guard they have to be seen to be inclusive um and let's face it when when um, for example, the police are dealing with a community that can have many, many different um, minority groups within it. They like to be represented themselves mm. by those minority groups. So they're looking to, you know, I, I know transgender police officers, I know black police officers, I know police officers of different ethnicity and mm. race um but it's all a way of showing that they are inclusive yeah, yeah. and gender and gender as well because I fight for gender equality mm. um, and you look at the number of female um chief constables mm. now, you know Sussex Police has a lovely female chief constable um, East Sussex Fire and Rescue service has a female um chief fire officer um so so gender equality is equally as important as um equality of all minority groups of people Mm,
0: absolutely oh well this is what we kind of touched on at the beginning wasn't it you know um how you know Mm -hmm. we have to be allies of of equality equity and inclusion everyone you know deserves that space um you know so it's about tackling discrimination for everybody um, I feel well, in yeah. order to create that social justice, to create that inclusive space, um, work, you know, schools uh, and the wider society, isn't it, you know? Um, you know, we know that obviously in the news recently, uh, there's been a lot of spotlight on the trans community in the, over the past uh, past months. <laughs> yes, not, um, yes. <laughs> you know, and of course, it just highlights that, you know, whilst there are there are positive things there but unfortunately at the moment it's not it's not been great for the trans community particularly with the you know the recent uh, headlines um around uh, the new ruling announced which means that transgender women will uh, not be allowed to take part in elite swimming competitions or obviously with the international rugby league um i mean what are you, what are your thoughts mm. on this ruling because again it's just just feels like you keep getting framed back, does not it as a
1: yeah, I, I first off, I think the transgender community gets slated. Absolutely, of course they do. Oh, always gets slated. But one point I must make is you never hear about transgender men, it is always transgender women. Yeah. Now, I like to be uh, really almost middle of the road because i i i do understand both sides of the argument Um, and if we're looking at um we had the case of the the transgender college swimmer in the united states recently that kept winning the um female races um but there is an argument perhaps to have um i suppose a an inclusive category where anybody can enter but i i think if 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 a transgender woman hasn't had surgery then they should be going into a different mixed event and the reason i say that is because um of the testosterone levels we know that Um, testosterone levels in a man are significantly higher they they are what forms or helps to form muscle strength Mm. um, in particular Mm. and so you have to look at both sides of the argument and I do and I do understand both sides of the argument as well Um, I wouldn't like to not that I can swim anyway but but I've, I've had surgery. My muscle mass is probably at least 30% less than it was before I transitioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and my testosterone levels are nil. Yeah. But I, you have to throw into this the discussion as to why transgender men are never talked about in sport. Mm-hmm. A transgender man will be taking... Testosterone. Mm-hmm. Now the the International Olympics Committee and all these different um sports committees have certain set levels um, of the amount of testosterone that can be had in your body, and if it exceeds that amount, you're not allowed to compete, which is fair enough. Yep. But if a transgender man is taking testosterone, where do they compete? Mm. Do they compete in men's events alongside men that are naturally full of testosterone, naturally have this upper body strength, or do they compete with women and, again, have an unfair advantage because they're on testosterone therapy, which will increase their muscle mass? And you, you can argue... I suppose for hours that the, the I suppose the the difference between the two and and where you sit. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's it's understanding both sides okay. of the argument, and and I do I do understand both sides of the argument, and I never like to say, well, no, this is completely wrong. You you shouldn't be doing that. The one thing that I am annoyed about is the government's ban. On um conversion therapy for LGB oh, and disgraceful. Mean, that is absolutely disgraceful yeah.
0: You're not absolutely absolutely in, in that at all and I think shocking is a word that will come to mind as well mm. because as we know you know it was set to go ahead and then again just kind of stripped away um with that yeah. Um, you talked about about with we've, mm. we've got, um you know maybe mixed categories, uh mixed gender categories. Do you think that's something you might see yeah. in the future then with with sport with sports federations? Do you think that may be the way things might be heading?
1: I think I think it might be a a, a, a good outcome for for people going through this. I think it, it might happen. Um there's no reason why it can't mm. exactly what proportion of mixed genders you'll get in these events I don't know um, you know you might find elite male swimmers going into mixed events because they think they might have a better chance of yeah. winning yeah. It's, 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 it would have to have to be very carefully governed yeah. I think as, as to you know maybe it should be a mixed event for for trans transgender men and transgender women i mean that would
0: i guess it's something that we don't the future holds is not it see what happens
1: well we we don't know it's just it's just a case of watch this space but but you know as as always i think um the transgender community are going to get slated for anything so it just seems to be the only the only you you never hear about lgb in the in the in the newspapers it's always transgender and it's always transgender women we have um and just to touch on that uh, we had eva echo
0: on for our uh, your our second guest Uh, we had eva on uh, last last time she touched on that as well just to say you know um talking a lot around misogyny um and how you know Mm. as a result you know trans trans men um are not typically seen as a threat in society as opposed to trans women Mm. um and and how people Mm. assume um that they are going to impact on women's rights etc but actually you know just Mm. wanting to be part of, of of society part of the community and part of you know as human beings deserving that level of respect as well
1: so you know yeah 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 it's quite it's like it's like it's like using um female facilities there's there's long been debates as to whether transgender women should be allowed to use female facilities Mm. but there's never a debate as to whether transgender men should be able to use male facilities Mm. um you know it it, it's always very difficult i didn't use female facilities until i'd actually had my surgery i always used to use um, uh, gender neutral or disabled facilities because i didn't want um, biological females to feel threatened by my presence
0: you feel it's interesting you say that do you feel that maybe that might have been something where you because you said earlier you know you hid a lot of who you you hid yourself you hid your life or how you've really felt and you know around your gender identity for so many years um was that part of an internal almost we talk about internal homophobia was that almost part of an internal transphobia for yourself or just feeling like you know i can't
1: no no I I I I just I I think it was for me it was it wasn't that I wasn't positive about the way I the way I looked or the way I presented I just didn't want um biological female to be threatened in spaces that were specifically allocated to wow. them now of course it, it doesn't it doesn't to me it's you know it's female facilities and, and that's it and, and nobody bats an mm-hmm. eyelid um but but then i've i've changed in with the hormone therapy mm-hmm. i have changed so much um in facial features in body structure anyway so
0: i see so again how you physically present now compared to maybe back then when you had that thought
1: I, yeah. Like,
0: yes. Thought, yes. I actually i don't want to put myself in that situation but i also okay I, yeah. i'm still in your mind you're saying you still felt you were
1: respected. yeah yeah you know there's there's little things like i've never i've never worn a yeah. wig i just started to grow my hair so initially it was very mm. short and, and i'd had very male facial features mm. um but over the years, obviously, my hair's grown, um, and my face has changed as mm-hmm. well. So it's 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 confidence as well in ha- in how you look and how you present. And and I never, the other thing I never did was was go out as a trans transgender woman and buy a mini skirt, six inch stiletto heels, and a ridiculous short top and a long wig. And 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 crazy makeup. That was not me. I used to look at what women wore that were a similar age as me.
0: So you obviously, for you, you're thinking about what you ultimately, you know, how you feel comfortable, not maybe trying to conform to some yeah. kind of outdated stereotype to some people, see how people yeah. dress is yeah. down to them yeah. And, you know, and yeah. yeah. But yeah. in your yeah. mind, yeah. you're saying at that point you're thinking right, oh, okay, well. It's not about conforming, but I want to feel like I'm, in your way, doing it right for you, I guess.
1: Yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. yes, yeah. Do,
0: do yes. you feel um, that, you know, we're talking a bit more about the, obviously the political side and, and what we're seeing in the media happening with the transparency. community. What, what are your thoughts around trans youth uh, and the future of trans youth uh, in terms of, you know, their rights um, and how that may be impacting on them within the next, say, what, five, you know, five, ten years? Where do you kind of see that heading
1: well, I think that with with trans with trans youth, um, first off, um, it's it is all about education. Mm-hmm. Um I did a I did a I mean this this wasn't actually a trans person, but I did a talk recently at a, a local grammar school and after the talk um one of the pupils stood up and said, um My name's A.J. I used to be Alf. Why? My my pronouns are they, they, theirs, them, and they were thirteen years old. Wow. And it was the first time that the whole of that year group had been together in person for my talk, and I was so blown away by what they Mm. said i just went yeah
0: yeah. and
1: if ev- every single pupil in that year group stood up and applauded oh, them Oh wow and it was it was actually overwhelming and i think that's one of the highlights of of the talks that i've done to school yeah. to schools and i've spoken to thousands of of pupils over the years um but it is all about encouraging them to, to be who they want Mm, to be. Um, but it's, it's allowing them, I think the future for transgender youth is allowing them to be who they want Mm. to be, um, giving them the support, and not taking away that support, I know they can't have surgery until they're eighteen, but that's you know that's u k mm. law but but access to hormones access to um youth gender clinics is so important because they know mm. I knew when I was five but i didn't yeah, you, like- you know those sort of facilities weren't weren't there yeah, for absolutely. me but but they they are now and with the support of parents and i see a lot of cases where um, parents are very supportive of trans youth trans children and that is so good to see yeah
0: well i mean this is the thing isn't it it's it is about education and awareness and like you're saying you know creating those safe spaces for Young people, mm. young people and yeah. adults, you know, for people who are maybe a bit more vulnerable or questioning their sexuality or gender identity to know that actually it's okay for you to, to, to be you. Mm. Um, and I think the more we can encourage because yeah. as we know, you know, waiting for uh, people who are waiting at gender identity clinics for appointments can be anywhere, youth can be anywhere up for you know, three three years. Oh, well, crikey, yeah, yes. yes. Is, you know, I mean, yes. it's just crazy in itself. So, support someone can mm. get along that way. Uh, you know, whilst they're transitioning, even socially, medically, legally, however that may be, it's gonna be measurable, mm-hmm. isn't it? On their self seeming process. And clearly that yeah. person that you know felt, you know, empowered to stand up and, and say, This is who I am, thanks to your talk.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and that was that was an incredible moment. It really was, and I'll, I'll never forget yeah. it. Um, Absolutely I mean
0: and I think You know I just want to quickly Before we kind of round up You know Touch on uh, You know Some of those Those kind of You know Moments You know Those magic moments In your career Because by no means Are you finished There's so much more you're still doing But you have You know There's mm. so much You've achieved already Um, You know Are there any other Of those You know Favourite moments That you You know Hold particularly Close to your heart And I'm sure there's many
1: (laughs) Oh crikey I wouldn't. I suppose I wouldn't really know where to start. There's been lots of um, incredible mm. moments. Um, obviously, winning these the awards have been incredible moments in my in my sort of career to to promoting awareness of of diversity. Mm. Um, some of the talks. Some of the 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 the. The applaud and the reception that I've had from students in schools that I've yeah. given um, has been absolutely incredible at the end of my talks. You know, they all stand up, you know, and, and they, people coming up to me afterwards and asking me really personal questions and... um it it, in a way it shows the impact Mm. i think one of the things that i will never forget is the comment that matt teal from itv made after he interviewed Mm. me um because he had tears in his eyes when he was talking to Mm. me and when he said at the end joanne thank you so much that was absolutely incredible Mm um you know thank you for sharing yeah. your story um and and obviously the the big one is is my son when he said can i call yeah. you mum? yeah i mean
0: listen you know you can you can get all you can get the awards you know the accolade, the you know the 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 titles but when it comes to your children or your family members considering your journey that yeah and I kind of <laughs> yeah. have
1: to that that is what's important for me for me yes the awards have significantly raised my profile but you know what what's most important to me is the respect that i get from my family and my friends and the people that i help and work Mm. for
0: yeah
1: and that's 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 what's absolutely
0: because yeah because ultimately like you say you know it's from the root you're going back to how you know your own analogy about you know your journey as of the tree and the roots but from the roots and your children and your family they're the people that matter and the positive people in your life um that matter so yeah
1: yeah. but that's it you see 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 We you mentioned the tree again see see um the way i i reflect on that part of my life was that david had to die in order to Mm -hmm. let me live um and that imaginary tree was cut down when David um had acceptance of it, of his mm-hmm. destiny. And but it was only cut down to ground level. So Joanne's roots were still there and she grew her own tree. You
0: grew your own tree, you blossomed. Uh you yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, And yeah. you know, I just wanna say, listen, Joanne, thank you so much for your time. It's been just an amazing story listening to you know to your journey and, and I've just loved every moment of it. Um, and, and I love yeah, everything you. that you do, the work that you're doing, um, you know, and and long may it continue because you're you know, you're fabulous. So thank you.
1: oh, <laughs> You're lovely. <laughs> no, you're fab you're fabulous oh, too. Oh, well, so. I'll
0: take that from Joanne Monk over you. Yeah, okay. I'll take but thank you um thank you for that John. i really appreciate that and just for everyone um you know again listen before we before we do round up i want to say uh thank you for listening to the pride life presents again uh you can listen to us online um we are going to be across various different platforms make sure you get yourself a copy of pride life magazine or check us out online as well but thank you and we look forward to seeing you at our next pride life presents joanne monk obe mwah You've been amazing. Thank you for your time and goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Pride Life podcast with me, Saski, and my special guest. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and found something useful or empowering to take away, or maybe even both. To find out more, visit www.pridelifeglobal.com where you can find all our digital additions to the UK's leading LGBTQ magazine, plus much more or keep up to date by following us on Instagram at Pride Life Global.